today we got a mailbag segment. And the first question is a big one from Aaron's.007 on Instagram. Should we trade Kyle Lowry? That's right. This is a very interesting question. And honestly, I think three possible things can happen in the next year and a bit with Kyle Lowry and the Toronto Raptors. Number one, Lowry requests to trade this season because Toronto's underperforming and specifically is asking to get traded to a contender. This is a tough one because Lowry's making $30 million a year and that's a very challenging level of a contract to try and trade to another team, especially when you look at the contenders. Let's list off a few. The Brooklyn Nets, they have no cap space. Another team would be the Milwaukee Bucks. They don't really have the right pieces to be able to make an acquisition like that. The Lakers, maybe I would have to look at the books, but $30 million is a lot of money to make up, and not a lot of teams have any cap space. Number two, Toronto re-signs Kyle Lowry on a team-friendly deal as he transitions to the end of his career. This is sort of like the golden ticket contract to end his career. You know, 35 years old, you sign him maybe for two or three years as he tails off to the end of his career. And, you know, it's kind of just more like his twilight years where he can be a mentor to Fred Van Vliet as he gives him the keys to the point guard position in Toronto. And number three is he straight up walks in free agency. And Toronto fans have experienced a lot of this the last couple years. First and foremost, Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green walked in free agency. And then this offseason, Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka walked in free agency. So we've seen this before, and it is not fun. Imagine Lowry walking out of your life. That would be honestly one of the worst moments for the Raptors. And if he does, though, it's his own choice, right? You can't really be that mad because he's given you everything he could. But at the same time, as a Raptors fan, you'd want to salvage him, try and bring him back, and you know not leave on bad terms like what happened with Serge Ibaka. And I don't think there's any way in which Toronto will blindside Lowry with a trade that he doesn't expect. First of all, they owe him more than that. And honestly, I think that any trade they want to make, they're going to run it through him. They're like, hey, Lowry, do you want to leave? Like, what do you want? And they're going to ask him those kind of questions and see how he responds. In terms of what I think Toronto should do, I don't think you'd get enough for a 34-year-old Kyle Lowry on the last year of his contract to warrant trading him. Right? If you're going to trade him, you'd want to get a big-time asset back. You'd want to get a star young player back. And I don't think you'd get that for Kyle Lowry. The market isn't really there. You know, especially with all these super teams now in the NBA, as we saw the Nets build one, the Lakers are low-key a super team. So there's a need potentially to add a third star to some teams. Like if you look at some of the mediocre teams, maybe like the Clippers in the Western Conference, or if you look at the Utah Jazz, or maybe even the Bucks want to fortify their roster. But I just don't think that there's any real assets out there that are going to come back for Kyle Lowry as a result. So... I don't think Toronto should trade him. I'd rather see Lowry stay on a team-friendly deal and honestly just retire with Toronto. He'd still bring value to the team because he'd be training and teaching Van Vliet, Flynn, Terrence Davis, whoever else comes in to take over the guard position in the next coming years and would kind of teach them how to run a potent offense at the point guard position. And Lowry's the GROAT, the greatest Raptor of all time. 
I want to see him retire as a Raptor. He deserves to retire as a Raptor, but it's all about what plays out in the cards. And for Kyle Lowry, we don't really know what he wants. He's shown mixed signals this season. It's the kind of thing you got to let it play out. But in my mind, keep Lowry here. You're not going to get enough that warrants trading him. Stay in Toronto and retire with our squad. Moving on to the next question is from at Mr. Gucci Vibes. Is Boucher better than Norman Powell? And so far this season, the answer is yes. Boucher has answered a lot of the questions that Toronto had coming into the season with the loss of Ibaka and Gasol. Honestly, a lot of the questions were around, can Toronto rebound enough? Can they, I don't know, generate offense through offensive rebounds and post-ups and get a guy in the middle who can stretch the floor? And Boucher has done all of that. He's really impressed He's averaging almost 15 points per game on the season. He's really filled that Serge Ibaka role specifically coming off the bench and just being a big-time scoring threat inside and out and also a rim protector, averaging 2.6 blocks per game. He's also having a career year, which is the opposite for what we can say for Norman Powell, who's been struggling this season. He's only averaging 10.5 points per game on 37% shooting. His three-point shot has been fine this season, but he's struggled scoring from the inside, and he honestly came into this year with the expectation that he would at least be as good as he was last season, and he hasn't been that. So, for me, Boucher is currently better than Norman Powell. The next question is from at Hattie underscore KL7. When did you start watching the NBA? And the truth is, I became a diehard fan during the 2015-2016 season when I was just a 16-year-old lad, and I really fell in love with the game, specifically when Toronto went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Obviously had that crazy run where they played the Pacers, beat them in seven, then they played Miami, beat them in seven, and then they took the Cavs to six, despite getting blown out in those first two games. Really punched above their weight in that series. And honestly, when the Cavs came back from that 3-1 lead, that's still the greatest series that I've seen in my entire life. And ever since then, I've been a huge fan of the NBA. The next one's from at jcash.17. Should Toronto tank the season for a higher pick and compete next year? This is interesting, but personally, I'm not giving up on this team yet. Three and eight is very, very salvageable. And as we know, the East is weak down low. So Toronto just needs a 500 record. And they'll at the very least be in that play-in tournament spot in the Eastern Conference. And I think that playoff rest will be a good thing for God, for this new core that Toronto has in Siakam, Van Vliet, OG, and Boucher so they can get through the ups and downs that come with playing a playoff series earlier rather than later. This will be a good way to better prepare them to compete in the future years as they look to add more pieces around this current young core that they have. But... The draft class of 2021 is stacked. Stacked. They are stacked up. And it's very enticing to tank, especially considering that every other NBA team in the NBA, honestly, like 25 of the 30 teams are trying to compete to win games. Basically, all 15 teams in the West, besides maybe, you know, the Thunder, and most of the teams in the East are trying to make the playoffs. So you could be a lock for a top five pick, and you could get a prospect like Jalen Green, who's personally my favorite, Evan Mobley, 
Zaire Williams, Cade Cunningham. There's a lot of big names in this draft, and honestly, you guys can really decide whether you value a higher prospect. But I personally like the thought of getting playoff experience. But at the end of the day, you might just get swept. You're not going to win a title. You know, you might end up being the eighth seed and play Milwaukee and you get swept in the first round. And I think a guy like Mobley would be a nice fit as a big center fo- seven-footer who can handle the ball, get his shots up, and he's very skilled. And honestly, I've talked myself into this. You may as well tank. Why not, right? Add us some superstar potential players onto the roster that Nick Nurse can develop next to these guys. Imagine adding another star young player to this team who could potentially develop into a star. That would be... Really, really intriguing then for Toronto. The next question is from at Gene ZFF. Would you want to see DeRozan as a Raptor again and why? Of course I'd want to see him as a Raptor. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. He's one of the most beloved players in Raptors history. And he gave everything he could to this Toronto team. But when you consider what Masai did to him by almost betraying him backstabbing him in a way by trading him away for a chance at the title which obviously worked I wouldn't want DeRozan to stoop back down to that level and re-sign with Toronto I think he deserves better than that and I feel like even though from the outside looking in it seems like everything's okay I think DeRozan still feels a little disrespected from what happened obviously and he probably wouldn't want to come back the next question is from Matt Calum Lennon one two three. What's your opinion on the rotation and who do you think should get less or more minutes? So I just broke this up into two parts. Very simple. More minutes is Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher, Malachi Flynn. I did this earlier. Obviously, Chris Boucher has been getting more minutes. I'd like to see that continue on that trend. He should be playing thirty plus minutes a game. Obviously, our best center, Terrence Davis and Malachi Flynn. Though they haven't got a lot of minutes. Matt Thomas too. Like. Where has he been? I just don't know. Like Nick Nurse is very stubborn in his rotation and is very stuck in his way. And I understand that the Raptors have a lot of guards, you know, and Lowry and Van Vliet at that front there. But, you know, Toronto, you, you can give your young guys some reps. Terrence Davis played a lot of games last year and played a decent number of minutes. Why can't he get on the floor anymore? It's not like we got more talented. That's what I don't really understand. And the guys who should get less minutes. Baines should get zero minutes per game right now. Just completely bench him. He got like eight minutes last game. Give him zero. At this point, I'd rather have him line out there personally. But you can pick between the better of those two evils right there. The next question is from at Leboy. Kyle Lowry, top three NBA booty. This is a great question. I could only come up with one person who I thought had a bigger, juicier booty than Lowry. And I went with Jared Selinger. Big boy, he's got a thick booty. But then I put Lowry at two, so you know what? Yeah, he is in my top three, and he earned it. He's thick. He put in that work. He does those squats. He deserves to be in the top three. This one's from at underscore J Carr underscore. Who's the steal of the draft? If we're talking steal, I would say it has to be Tyrese Halliburton getting picked 12th by the Sacramento Kings. He's going to be a winner. He just contributes to winning basketball. The players like to play with him when he's out there he can shoot the three he looks very confident for such a young guy and he honestly has star potential he's going to be a really good guard in the league he's already proven that I can't believe how many teams missed on him honestly like 
Same thing with like Tyler Hero. It's like, wow, that guy went 13th. Same thing with Devin Booker. You're like, wow, that guy went 13th. Usually someone in that 10 to 14 range ends up blossoming into a star, and I think it's going to be Tyrese Halliburton. Next question is from at Raham underscore S. What seed will Toronto finish as? When the season started, I had them as the fifth seed as my prediction. But they seem to be projecting more in the six to seven range now because of their poor start. And I personally don't see them overtaking any of these five teams. The Nets, Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Pacers. They seem like they're already too far ahead. And Toronto won't be able to make much ground on that front. So, unfortunately, I think they're going to end up falling into that 6-7 seed in a race with that Miami Heat team. But, once again, Miami's not doing that great either. Like, I'm pretty sure they're under 500 still. So, you know, Toronto can catch up to them. They just got to take care of the Hornets tomorrow. They've got to win some games. they got some tough games down the stretch. But winning those interconference games have become more important for Toronto to be able to bridge that gap between them. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to submit your mailbag questions. DM them to me. Send them to my Gmail. You can see it on my IG page. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you on the next one.